So when you emotionalize the benefits, you just kind of put that in your pocket and you'll notice that when you go in, you just have a better feeling like about, the, about the whole interaction, about what you can do for this person. This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I have Richard Dougal with us, and we're going to talk about adapting and selling to different personality types. Welcome to the show, Richard. Um, it's great to have you here. My pleasure. So Richard is a worldwide coach. He's worked with agents and uh, sales reps across North America and, uh, and also Europe, guiding them to success with his dynamic, proactive marketing approach to selling real estate. Um, so let's jump into it. Uh, first, Richard, what are the different personality types salespeople should be aware of? Well, before we go into that, I think it's important to know why do we want to even know the personality types. And what we need to understand is that the one way that we sell to one type will actually turn off the other one. They'll actually repel it. And it'll uh, begin to become more understandable as I describe them now. So one of the personality types is the, the driver. The driver is somebody who is bottom line, in action, give me the facts, I want to make a decision. Can appear aloof because they just want to get what they want to get. And that's a person in the organization that will walk right by you without saying hello because for them to stop to say hello might cost them money or that bit of time is removing them from their focus of getting their goal. So that, that's a driver and we'll go, we're going to dip back into each one and go into more detail on how to interact with them. Another person, and people will recognize this who are in selling, is the analytical. And that's typically the engineer type. And that's the person who is going to be looking at the details of how you get this result. What's the process? And they want to see the numbers. And they want to know how you got there. They actually do the research before they even meet with you. And they want to do the research sometimes after they meet with you. And these people don't like making decisions quickly. So that's the analytical, right? The engineer, that kind of person, the counter. And then you'll get the expressive. And that's the person that when you go into, let's say, a convention, and you'll see somebody uh, like a lady with a red scarf, and she's got big earrings and big hair, or the gentleman that comes in, he's got a flashy suit, and you know, you just you can just tell it, it's expressive. They can actually announce themselves, and they talk a lot, and they want to be the center of attention. So that person has to be sold differently. And but good thing about them, they make decisions quickly. And then you get the amiable, and that's the client that wants to get to know you, wants to sit down, have a cigar with you. Who are you? Your kids, your family, you know, warm tones. And those people obviously are completely different than a driver. So these are the four personality types, the driver, analytical, expressive, and the amiable. Yeah, I mean, I, I can totally visualize all, all four of those personality types, and I, and I recall selling all of them. Um, this, so let's talk about why salespeople need to adjust their pitch to these different personality types 
and and then uh, and then we can talk about how to adjust our right. pitch to these different personality types now that we know what they are. Well, when I got into real estate, I was looking looking for coaching. I was looking for I already sold encyclopedias, vacuum cleaners, gym memberships, a corporate like door to door going out, not inside. And um, all kinds of things, stun guns. I saw stun guns dotted off. And we, all, and we all need one of those. <laughs> exactly, especially nowadays. So what happened is when I got into real estate, I knew that if I could get a coach or someone to help me, it would you know, help me improve my business, get me to a jump start. And then they gave me this binder. So I used to go into the house and a big binder, you know, describing the real estate firm, the details, every step that we are going to be taking to get the home sold. And some people loved it. They said, Richard, you're the only person that actually explained. And I thought, wow, that feels so good. Other people, I could see them going into a trance, like, when's he finishing? You know, and I started to realize, and other people said, put that away. They wanted to talk about me and how I got into real estate, how old I am, if I've got any children. And they want to show their pictures of their children. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. This thing definitely works because it has worked, but it hasn't worked with everybody. Another example, before going into a property, I'm doing what we call in the business, a comparative market analysis, which means that I've done all the analysis of all the houses in the area, what's going on, the market, the trends, and I'm really proud of my work. And I'll go in and yes, an analytical will lap that up. You'll just like enjoy it. You know, he'll actually favor you because you brought him good information. He can make a decision now. But you, you know, I went to this old Italian gentleman who built the house himself. He goes, ah, we're going to have that. Let me show you that. You know, all he wanted to do is show me this jacuzzi and the basement he built. You know what I mean? And he want to see all that. How much? How much? So this is when I realized that you have a good script, but who you sell to is more important than what you say because what you say to one type that will attract them, the same thing will actually repel end of the time, as I've just shown. So that's why if someone's teaching one sales process, can you see how they're missing the target? And going back to scripts, always remember this. Whatever scripts you're using, the person who wrote the script is writing the script that would work on them. The person who wrote the script is writing on so we've got scripts for example in that in that industry real estate which are very bonding type bonding not many questions just talking and we've got other scripts that are really sharp like when do you plan on moving like that and you can imagine which personality type the person you know the teacher the instructor how he developed them it's what worked for him but what the ultimate is and the magic word is versatility the, the highest salesperson is the one, the highest, most effective is the one with the most versatility. Yeah. Well, and, and, and empathy comes to mind. You know, they're, you're putting yourself in the shoes of the other person's perspective. And, and actually, a great salesperson will recognize this person, you know, because of who they are, because of their perspective. Yeah. This, this is the information that they that they need in and this is the way they need it from me and this is kind of how they want to buy and uh and you give it to them and i think some people do this instinctually other people i think it's it, this is you know it they uh they don't do this as instinctually and so this is a really helpful framework 
How, yeah. how do you how do you spot what personality type someone is um, in the first few minutes of, of a conversation, or how can you do research about them before you before you have the meeting so that you can kind of put yourself in the right frame of re- reference or frame of mind to communicate well with this uh, personality type? Great question. So one of the things that you can start identifying very quickly is their tonality. So these are generalizations. So it, it's, a, it's an exploration. So what you'll do is you'll, you'll get some data and then you'll go, okay, based on this, it looks like this. We're going in this direction. But you're always open for new data because it may shift. But you'll start formulating. And people are already doing this, like you said, unconsciously. This is more strategic where it's scientific so that once you've got these in your mind, you just start more effective. It's like a UFC fighter who's a good street fighter. But now but he's actually learned all the jujitsu, the armbar. This is equivalent of that where you've learned now. And now when you go in the octagon, you've got a very you know, much better chance. So what this does is it, it allows you to start reading people. So the driver is going to be more like, yeah, how much? Okay, good. You sold the house. How much did you sell it for? Okay, good. Or let's say you're talking to someone and saying, well, what are you doing? What have you got? How much? How long will it be? Like this bottom line questions. But the analytical will ask you a lot more questions. They'll say, well, what have you sold in the area? What have you done? Uh, was that your house there? Where's your office? What's your address? What's your last name? Like they're asking all these questions because they want to look you up. They want to do more research. And so you'll be able to tell, and usually have a more of a drier, generally speaking, not as much animated uh, tonality. Where, and I'm saying that on purpose to go to the next one. The expressive will say a lot of things and you'll go, I don't even know what they said. Because they talk a lot without content, blah, 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 blah. And you'll see the energy and the excitement because they like to have that kind of excitement in them. Like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we did this, blah, 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 do, 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 blah, 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 blah. Like that kind of enthusiasm. And you'll start feeling that and you'll go, this sounds like an expressive. And then you'll get the amiable who'll be more softer, more of a feeling type of voice tonality. Like, oh yeah, you know, we want to do that. And you can tell that they want to like, like you and you want them. You can get this feeling, that's if you get rapport, that they want to, uh... I'll tell you one thing about uh, amiables, which is really interesting is, they're the ones that won't confront you. They'll go, yeah, yeah, I'm really interested. Just you know, just mail me something, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. But a driver will say, forget about it. That's one, one way right there. So the amiable will drag you along and whatever. Okay, bye. Thank you very much. And you go, I'm not really sure. <laughs> the amiable doesn't want to confront you. But you'll notice those softer kind of uh, voice. But a lot of it will be the content. So one of the questions that we ask, for example, we can translate that into the business is, please describe your house for me. Right, so let's say it's a business. Please describe what's going on with your business. He goes, we did this, did that, and we're in Japan, and we're making this much money, that's it. Whereas the, the person who's the analytical will give you a lot more detail. We did this, we got funding from here, we put the stock price here, this is what happened, we're just merging, and they go blah, 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 and they're giving you a lot more systematic and um, processed language in that way. And you go, okay, this is an analytical. And the expressive will just talk about how, oh, we're doing great, blah, blah, blah. Not, much, not as much content, but a lot of talking, right? So you can start reading you know, the person from that one question. But as anything, you'll get more instinctive. You'll start figuring it out. 
you know, by uh, just by experience. Yeah, I, I think it can be harder. One of the toughest, tougher ones to differentiate between is the the driver and the analytical. What what are some yeah. ways? What, oh, what's a oh good. How do you know, what are some questions you can ask or how, do you, how can you suss out if someone's a driver versus someone's analytical? Uh, by the shortness of the answer. So you say, how much do you want your property? 480, 500. Oh, what do you wanna, you know, what do you wanna do? Give me, I, I wanna do this with it. But the analytical say, I need to do this, this, I need to make, this is insured. I need to make sure that you got this and you got insurance for it. I wanna check on this, check on that. You see the difference? They'll go into the detail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's say I say, uh, you know, like say to a homeowner, you know, what's important about moving, for example. And the, the driver will say, I want to buy a farm. I got, I got animals, man. 50 acres. You got anything? But the analytical will go further, like how much they want, why they want it, which area they want it, how much they're willing to pay. They'll actually start telling you because they want detail. Think of detail and systematic process. And they'll tell you what they don't want, sometimes the analytical as well. So that's a longer, you can more detail. Does that make sense? A good question. Yeah, also, absolutely. the way they move. So when you watch people, the driver's moving fast. They want action. The body moves faster. It's action-oriented, but it's not like the expressive where it's just going all over the place. It's going in a direction. So you'll grab that and you go, look, take a look at that. Bang, boom, bing. You know, think of that kind of style. But the analytical will be watching and watching it and ask you questions. Sometimes a dry sense of humor. They'll say something to provoke you a little bit, but not to confront you. Like I went to a property, a very high-end property, and he was trying to get me off balance. And, he, and I said to him, um, you know, I'm from this particular company. It was a luxury company I used to work for at that time. And he said, oh, he said, never heard of it. And I could tell he enjoyed saying that, that kind of little sarcasm, because mm -hmm. it's a very high-end company, but it's in Toronto, which is a major city, and this is in the north. But he enjoyed saying that, to see what I would say. You know, like, you know what I mean? It's analytical. And, he, and he, I, he'll test me. And I gave him a really great answer, by the way. So but what happens is um, I, I matched him. And uh, actually, I'll give you the answer. It was equivalent to USA Today, uh, the local paper. Like, everybody knows it. It's, and I said, uh, yeah, I said, uh, have you ever heard of, uh, have you heard of USA Today? And he goes, well, yeah. And what I had is the front cover of that, an article on the business section. I got him right back. <laughs> anyway, and he respected that. So uh, I hope that helps, you know, with the driver, action-oriented, the way they're moving the body, you know, just in the, and the, and the analytical, a bit, bit more stiff, not as much action-oriented. Okay, and yeah, one thing you'll definitely, sense. Yeah, one thing you'll definitely find is the driver will make decisions quickly. So some people get scared, the driver, they go, oh, yeah, that guy's tough. But if you give him what he wants, or she what she wants, bang, it's a done deal. Like, okay, so I went to the Apple store with my top salesperson who is a driver. So we drive down, we walk in, and he said to the guy, what's the biggest screen in this particular model? He goes this one, he goes, pack it. And the guy goes, and he's got his thing, you know, and he's, oh, okay. And then the salesperson from Apple, or whatever you call those people, said, what about the mouse? There's two mouses. He goes, and he said, well, what did they do? He goes, this is the one was fancy one, and one was another one. And they, he said, which one do you think? He goes, this one. He goes, pack it. We'll bring the truck around. 
that's your driver. Yeah. Now imagine now analytic, analytical, they're not going to be buying like that. Right. Well, what, how do you adjust your sales pitch? What parts of your pitch can you adapt to fit with these different personality types? This is a brilliant question, Steve, because this is the one that a lot of people don't get into. Like now that we know this personality, whether it's this or this and that, that's fine and dandy. But what do we do with it in selling? We want to make a deal. We want to close that deal. So what happens is that when you're approaching the analytical, you want to be talking the words. You want to start using certain words like system. These are magical words, by the way, number. I'd be in a room where I just said that. And I saw the people who are analytical going to ecstasy when I said the next word, which is sequence. That's very rarely used in normal language. So we have a sequence of steps that get you blah, 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 this result. The other thing with the, uh, a little secret with the analytical is they are visual. So analyticals are visual. And the secret of that secret is they love graphs. If you show them a graph that goes like that, oh man, they love it. Go. Let me show you the market right now, what's going on. The other thing is they like specific information and you can sell yourself or make yourself uh, come across as more credible by giving them, like putting a bit of extra effort with them on being specific. So I'll use real estate as a metaphor. So what happens is that a real estate agent could say, oh, well, the market's up 9%. And the average uh, time on the market is 32 days versus 45 days right now. But if I can bring him what's going on in his neighborhood and nobody else did, all things being equal, I've got the deal. Because I actually, and, I, and you pointed out, you know, like you were a salesperson, you, you said to them that I'm not going to bring you general information. I've got specific information for your area. It's our special software, proprietary software that we actually break down your postal code. In your case, your zip code in America. And then you show them and you show them the graph. Right, so they love that information. They love those, and you talk about the steps you're going to take because they're interested in the process. So let's say somebody says, "Well, I want to lose weight. How do I do it?" The nutritionist with the analytical needs to show their process, and needs to show them graphs, needs to show them their that in advance their nutritional system and all that other stuff. Whereas the driver, he doesn't want to hear all that stuff. He goes, "Can you basically want? They want to know." Can you do it before the wedding? Can you get two inches off my waist? If they believe that, okay, whatever. Just tell me what to do. Do you see the difference? It's very interesting. And we've all got relatives. Everyone's got, think of an uncle, an aunt, a cousin, whatever, a sibling, spouse. And just that, that's something that helped me, you know, to identify them and begin to recognize, you know, each person. And the amiable you want to use words like feeling. They actually do want to know a little bit. And you said something brilliant uh, earlier, which is empathy. What this does, it stops you from judging people. Because let's say that I'm showing a condo and this guy's selling, you know, the buyer in this case is calling me. Oh, by the way, you know, how much in the reserve fund and how, how old is the building and this and that. And you're thinking, what are you talking about? I bought one of you. I didn't even ask that question. And you make them wrong because they're not like you. So remember three out of, the, the four are not going to be, we make them wrong because they go, why do you want to know about me and my kids? What's, what's that got to do with this, whatever you're selling software? Like why, you know, why, so why are you doing small talk like that? And you go, oh, amiable. So you stop judging people. 
and you add that more empathy for them. You go, that's just his style of buying or her style of buying. And, and you mentioned tonality earlier. What is, what is tonality? Why is tonality important when pitching to different personality types? Because it's unconscious persuasion. Because I'm, I'm an NLP trainer as well. I train with the founders personally. I certify with both. And, uh, and it's unconscious, right? People don't really realize it. So when you use the same, you know, when you're talking to a, a driver, you want to be more direct and a little bit more like, you know, yeah, John, what, what do you want to do? Five o'clock? Six o'clock is done. So when I go and see a, a driver, I said, John, I've got a, a 10 minute presentation. I've got a 20 minute. I've got a 40 minute. Which one do you want? And they laugh. They go, give me the quick one. See, that's, I've, already, I've already got rapport just by saying that. Mm -hmm. and, and that kind of sense of humor, that action, they kind of, they kind of like you know, that kind of thing. And so that, you know, that kind of a, a stronger, they like that because you, you're being like them. You're, you're, like you're mirroring and matching them, as they say. Like you're being like a driver, action. They want to make sure you're going to work. Whatever you're going to do, are you going to work on that? Build this website. Are you going to work on it? I have to keep calling you. Can I rely on you? Good, you're done. So you want to show them that you're a worker, you're an action-oriented, you're a doer, right? So that's really important. And then with the amiable, you want to use a bit softer tones, right? You don't have to go crazy on this. I, I'm a bit of a fanatic on NLP and persuasion and hypnosis and everything like that, conversational hypnosis. But if you just pick up a little bit and say, hey, John, what's going on? You know, a little bit more of a warmer with the, with the amiable, right? That kind of thing. And with the expressive, they want more energy. And then with the analytical, they want more factual, serious, down to the business. You know, we've got 15 days. John, before we do that, do you want to put in this? What do you want to do with the, the pictures? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all that stuff is more, fact, it's more factual. Good question, by the way. No, no one's ever asked me that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, how can adapting to different personality types help salespeople differentiate themselves from their competition? Well, right away, more connection, right? So if, if, a, if a driver sees a driver, uh, sees somebody who understands them as a driver and says, like you can say to them, bottom line, that's another thing to say. They go, oh, I like this guy. This is how much going to cost. So if someone goes, how much will it cost? So somebody who's an, who becomes analytical, before I explain that, let me explain where they go, oh, okay, buddy. They don't like that. Not a driver, because he asked you a straight question. So right away, when you're the one saying, it'll cost this much, this is why, boom, we can get this job done, it's done. Done deal. And you go right to the result. You'll be on that plane to Japan, making that deal. Oh, yeah, okay, good, let's do it. So when they go, this is my guy, he understands me. And the other person that says, John, we have a sequence of steps, we're going to study your business first. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to talk to your employees. Then we're going to talk to your customers. Then we're going to do a survey. Blah, 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 blah. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do that. Then we're going to go on Facebook. We're going to do A-B testing. And they go, wow, this guy knows his stuff. That's an analytical. You see the difference? They go, that's my person. Because you're speaking. The best way to say it is you're speaking their language. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, it, it, and when you speak someone's language, it, it allows you to connect, really connect with them on a deeper level too. Exactly. I think. 
because yeah. they they may not know this is my personality type this is the type of person i like to talk to this is the <laughs> way point. i like to talk but if you're able to Good adjust point. your adjust yourself then then you'll you'll connect with more customers on yeah. a deeper level um so let's let, moving on to the next section it's called sales in 60 seconds quick questions quick answers um, first question, what's the biggest mistake salespeople make when they're pitching to their prospects? When they're pitching, they're not looking at the feedback because what happens, they're talking, but they're not actually seeing the response. So they could be missing the thing. You could be talking. They're in their own head. So always remember this, the show is out there. The show is out there. And what specific skill sets do outside salespeople need to master pitching to different personality types? Well, they definitely need a hunter's mindset because you're going out to hunt. It's different than inside sales. So the, the one who's the outside sales is always the prize in an organization because you can always hire inside sales. You're sitting in a comfortable desk. But remember, you're an outside salesperson. Be proud of that. You're out there hunting, bringing in business, bringing the breaking in. So the most important is the skill of the hunter's mindset. Because when we were cavemen, what do we do? We had to go out and hunt. It's actually your birthright to be a hunter, to be a predator, to go out and be an opportunity seeker. And how can you build sincerity or come across as more sincere as a salesperson? By really believing in your product. So one thing I tell, I coach entrepreneurs too. And one, whoever, this, whoever I'm coaching, and what I tell them is that one of the first assignments is very simple sounding, but very powerful is send me, uh, in this case, 10. 10 reasons why somebody should buy your product. And it's a challenge, because after about four or five, you go, oh. and people don't give themselves credit, by the way. So they can have nine, and they forget it. I go, wait a minute, you're in America, right? And where's it made? America. Oh, American made. So you actually sometimes don't, because we take it for granted. So you want to build that up. So you want to actually write it out, have somebody else accountable if you want, and send it to them. And then you keep working on it because you're going to start refining it and you go, what the heck? And before you go and see a client, you do this exercise. You've already got it. You look at it on a 10 by, let's say like a three by five card, whatever, eight by 10, I was going to say, but three by five card, probably easy in your pocket. And you look at it and then you emotionalize. It doesn't take that long. It sounds like a big exercise. You just look at them and you emotionalize the benefit for the customer. And you go, wait a minute. We have inside service. It's not like an answering machine. Our competitor, whenever you call, it goes to an answering machine. No one ever picks it up. It's like their policy. And you, but we actually have a live person picking up. Number two, we're American made. We're not, they, they ship theirs from wherever. We're American made. That means something. Number three, is it we're local? Or whatever the thing is. So what you do is, and number four, we do this, we do that. And or we have access to this group of people, which otherwise they wouldn't get access to because they're part of our network, whatever it is. So what you do is you say, We're in, we have live events, whatever that you're selling and not, that other company doesn't, our competitors don't. So what you do is you say, man, you know how many connections that person could make? So when you emotionalize the benefits, 
you just kind of put that in your pocket and you'll notice that when you go in, you just have a better feeling like about the, about the whole interaction, about what you can do for this person. You don't have to even, you don't have to even say them all. But the good thing, actually, a bonus point is that you won't forget because I have my own sales team and they'll come back and they go, well, they want to think about it. I go, okay. So what did they say when you said that? Oh, I forgot to even mention it. I go, how can you know? It's like, it's such a big advantage, right? And they go, oh. So what happened is you won't forget. So hopefully that's, uh, that's helpful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I always say, uh, advice I always give salespeople is um, if you don't truly believe in your product, if you don't truly believe that your customers will benefit from the product or service that you're selling, you've got to quit and go sell something else because Good advice. It, you know, it's the, the insincerity will come across in your voice. You'll never be successful selling a product that you don't truly believe in. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of junk out there, right? So, yeah. but, but one of the first big favors you can do to your sales career is, is, is sell something great, sell something that really helps sell a product or service that really helps the users of that product or service because then it's just more satisfying. You have better relationships. It's better for your, in so many ways. I really believe that. Tell me, what's the, the best sales advice you've ever received? Uh, this is it, to learn the conversation of selling. Because in the end, it is a conversation. Blah, 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 blah. You can do all the Facebook ads and you want. But in the end, for high-end ticket properties, uh, I'm talking about properties or anything you're selling, could be coaching, is that you usually have to end up speaking to somebody. And even if you are writing, Learning the conversation of selling will obviously help. And any copywriter will tell you that. So learning the conversation, just like we talked about, about how to converse and how to deal with these people. Because I've seen situations, like there was one deal, uh, not yesterday, the day before, a very expensive uh, deal, very expensive, a lot of money involved. And uh, there were two parties involved and it was done. It was forgotten about. Egos got involved, forget about it. And that was the end of it. And the salesperson was right in front of me and I said, call her back and say this. And they go, really? I go, you just call her back and say this. Called her back. Within five minutes, I would say, they go, I think it's done. And next thing you know is the next morning, bang. Actually, that night, the next morning was a final paperwork. It was done. So you, just, that, just knowing what to say sometimes. And we know that objection handling or whatever, knowing what to say. What would you say that salespeople should all do on a daily basis to become more successful? Fill their brain with uh, motivation, whatever inspires you, like knowledge. Because knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. So, you know, wherever you can learn about sales training, persuasion, NLP, getting yeses, the psychology of the brain, tonality, body language. This is your business. This is your craft. So learn your craft. Absolutely. Well, as an actionable takeaway, what should the field salespeople listening today do as a, a first step to Go get to my started? podcast. It's free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, and so if they wanted to get started on adapting their pitch to to different personality types, what would you say they should do? Well, I'm offering, because of our relationship, 
Uh, they can come on a call and actually, they can actually talk about their customers. I give them 15 minutes and it'll be pure coaching like that. And at the end, if they want more information, I'll tell them. But I'm very famous for that. I give content, real content. And they go to my website, which is richarddougal.com or persuasionmaster.com. And if okay. they go to my um, podcast, it's, it's four or five minutes. There's a few episodes up so far, but we're putting more up. And it's called uh, Sales Hunter. Sales Hunter on Apple and Google Play and all that other stuff. Okay. Is that the best place for, for our listeners to reach out to you and, and learn yeah, more the be- about your The best work? place is that. And uh, the best place is go to my website because on there they'll press a button and they'll get a 15-minute. Oh, by the way, uh, on persuasionmaster.com, uh, or richarddougal.com, I'm not sure which one, but they're all, they're all linked anyway. I actually have a free download too. And it's seven words never to use in selling that you're using right now that's killing you selling without even realizing it. So take them out and it's free. And there's no big opt-in or whatever. You just press it and you get the download and your computer. It's one of those. You just all press right. them. Well, I'm going to try to summarize all the the different things or some of the things that you taught us today, since you taught us so much. Um, first of all, we talked about the the different buyer personality types that mm. uh, that are out there. So the first one was the driver. You know, these guys they want the facts, they want to make a decision, they want to move fast. Um, the analytical, they want to see the numbers, they want to dive deep, they want to do the research before they meet with you, they want to research more after they meet with you, they want resources, they often take a while to make decisions and to deliberate. Um, The expressive, um, these are the people who are very expressive with how they dress or um, with with words or emotions and, and they often make decisions very quickly. And then there's the amiable, the, the person who is easy to get along with, wants to get to know you, but maybe won't always tell you because that won't always tell you no because they don't want to disappoint you. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, you wanna you wanna be careful about what you say to, to different personality types because what may attract one buyer may repel another buyer. Mm. Um then next we talked about the most effective salesperson being the one that has the most versatility to sell to all these different personality types. So you want to be able to identify your buyer's personality type based on the information that you have about them before you meet them so that you can be ready to, to, uh, to meet them and, and, uh, and talk to them in the way that they're going to most uh, best respond to. And, and then you want to pay attention to your buyer's tonality and body language once you meet them so that you can adjust what you're, you know, how you're selling to them. Um, for example, you might see a driver tending to move very fast while the analytical is, is, is more uh, slower and more deliberative and watching. Yeah. Um, you want to try matching the tonality and, and, and uh, selling in, in, with, a, with a process that they prefer buying. So you want to adjust your selling process to their preferred buying process. And that will, and, and just adjusting yourself and the way you're selling to the way they want to be sold to, that'll build rapport with them. That'll make them more comfortable with you. That'll make them more likely to buy. Well, um, Richard, this has been a fantastic episode of the Outside Sales Talk. 
If any of our listeners work in field sales, you'll love Badger Maps. The number one route planner helps you sell 20% more and drive 20% less. You can get a free trial at badgermapping.com today. If anyone out there can think of other sales reps that would benefit from learning about these different personality styles, um, share the love and forward this podcast on to them and uh, get Richard's knowledge in their head too. <laughs> so take care until next time, everybody. And, and thanks so much, Richard, for coming on the show. My pleasure.